Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We tackle anything related to airlines and sometimes beyond. Today we're going to talk about oopsies. Uh, yeah, that's one way to put it. Would you prefer that I use scaremongering to get more people listening, Dave? Yes, I and the uh, and the advertisers uh, on this podcast would. Today, we're going to talk about how an airplane had its side blow out, plunging out of the sky, leaving nearly 200 people perilously close to death. Uh, yeah, that's more like it. Let's talk about Alaska Airlines 1282. All right, we will do just that. But first, I want to thank MedJet for being our sponsor. They're going to really appreciate all of you new listeners who enjoy my scaremongering this week. <laughs> we'll talk more about MedJet uh, later. You can learn more at medjet.com slash crankyflyer. All right. So uh, by now, everyone not living under a rock will have known about this near disaster. Where did that come from anyway? Like, is there really someone living under a rock that led to that happening sometime? <laughs> and just when I thought we had tightened up the script. Nope. <laughs> Listen, Dave, you have edit power here, so I can't, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there and you're going to do what you do. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what sticks. Anyway, yes, most <laughs> most people will have heard about this near disaster. Yes, but was it really a near disaster? I mean, it it could have been, but the airplane was not going to fall out of the sky. Like, let, like, let's let's back this up though before we get into that. Start from the beginning. So, on the evening of Friday, January fifth, Alaska Flight twelve eighty two departed Portland, bound for Ontario. But as we probably all know by now, the airplane never made it out of Oregon. Uh, flight was climbing through 16,000 feet on departure uh, when the aircraft had a, uh, an explosive decompression, we'll call it, and the oxygen mass dropped down. After the dust settled, people on board could see what you know looked like a, a window missing on the left side of the airplane. It wasn't a window, but looked like it. The, uh, the pilots did a great job of, of getting the airplane back down to a level with breathable air quickly and landed in Portland with only minor injuries, all that kind of stuff. That was sort of the, the uneventful part. Um, but then, you know, they were on the ground with a giant hole in the side of the plane. <laughs> right. So this wasn't a small piece of the airplane that flew off. What was it? No, no, it, it was not a small thing. But this does require some explanation. So here. So it turns out... Um, the government likes to say that it cares about your safety, Dave, yours specifically. So it has a rule in place that requires aircraft manufacturers to be able to show that an aircraft can be evacuated within 90 seconds, even with half the exit doors blocked. So this is all well and good, uh, but, you know, easy to do if you have 10 seats on, say, a 737 and uh, not so easy if you have 200. Like uh, the airplane in question here, a seven thirty seven dash nine Max. Right. So the key, the hits keep on coming for the uh, for the Max there. Oh yes, it's been one problem after another. Uh, to say the Max lives in infamy might be too kind. Uh, this is, of course, the airplane that crashed twice with Lion Air and Ethiopian a few years back. Uh, leading to its grounding until they fix the problem of software trying to crash the airplane. No, and that's that's not really what you want. No, it's it's generally not how you want to design things. Um, 
But anyway, so this airplane, <laughs> the Dash 9, uh, the way it works is it has two doors in the front, right, the ones you board with, uh, two in the back, the ones you board if you're in Long Beach, uh, and then two overwing exits on each side. I feel like a safety video right now. Uh, <laughs> So with that, the airplane was certified to have 189 passengers, uh, and that was fine. It could meet the evacuation rules. But if they want to put more than 189 seats on the plane, if it's a higher-density version, then they need more ways to get off the airplane because they couldn't meet the limits. So they just put in an extra door? Uh, well, no, sort of. They, uh, they kind of do it the other way around. So what they did is... In the fuselage, they have a space for another door, uh, kind of halfway between the wing and the tail, uh, and that's on every airplane that gets made. Uh, so there's one door on each side, and if the plane is designed to have fewer than 189 seats, then Boeing puts in what they call a plug door or a door plug or whatever, which does exactly what you think it does. It plugs the, the hole where the door was or is supposed to be. But then on the inside, um, the regular sidewall just goes on like normal. So it just looks like a window from the inside. You would have no idea that there could be a door there. But if the plan is for something that's much more densely configured, um, then they put a real door there instead. This That's kind of strange, but that's how it works. Um, <laughs> and it, it, I should also note, this isn't new. This has been other aircraft use this. Even the 737-900ER, which is one of the so-called next generation uh, 737s, which was the last generation before the MAX, uh, that airplane has the same thing. It has the same thing. It's the same aircraft, basically, from a fuselage perspective. Um, and so, you know, this isn't anything new. Uh, but it is new when it just opens on its own in the middle of a flight. Right. That's not a, I'm sure that's not a feature that, uh, that Boeing... Uh wanted uh so why not just uh, have an extra door no matter what how does that hurt okay what let's think about your favorite seat on an airplane dave right the exit row yes and you like it because it has a lot of leg room mm -hmm. and they need to leave extra room on the floor to make sure people can get out and this isn't even just an over wing exit this is like a full door right so you lose a row or two of seating if you put in that full door there so the airlines that don't need the extra door would rather not have it. They want more seats on the airplane. Right. So the people on the airplane had no idea that there was a door back there or a plug door <clears throat> and thought the uh, window had blown out. That's pretty scary. Yeah, it is scary. <laughs> like, I mean, air aircraft are pressurized, right? So the, the pressure mm -hmm. differential between the inside and the outside means this is not like a just a gentle leak, like a hissing or something. It must have been chaos because while the pressure equalizes between inside and out, you know, there's stuff flying around, it's loud, it's crazy, it's chaotic. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw somewhere they were saying that the force of the depressurization slammed open the door to the cockpit and knocked the headset off one of the pilot's heads. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's a lot. So, but another way to think about this they're lucky they were only at 16,000 feet. Like imagine if they were up at 36,000 feet and the <laughs> pressure differential. Yeah, no, that would have been, that would have been much worse. So 
Can you explain what happened here to make this event not fatal? Can I or will I? I think we have a whole second half to record, so... All right, we'll we'll talk about that after the break, then. All right. Hey, Brett. Yes, Dave? These are uncertain times. You can say that again. And if you're traveling, you really should think about a MedJet membership. Okay, this is true. I am a big fan of MedJet as well. It is a a time where that might be useful uh, to think about for global travel here. Yes, not only do they provide air medical transport to a hospital at home, their MedJet Horizon membership also adds 24-7 security and crisis response benefits, including security extraction if necessary. So they could extract me from, like, a visit to the in-laws or something? Nope, nope, I don't think that counts. Are you sure? We'll have to look into this. (laughs) But still... Hugely useful if things go really, really wrong, which, you know, seems a little more possible these days than normal. Yes. Uh, to learn more or sign up, go to medjet.com slash crankyflyer. That's medjet.com slash crankyflyer. It's travel protection elevated. Okay, so how did nobody uh, die? <laughs> there were two strokes of good luck here. So first, somehow, there was nobody seated in the window or middle next to where the blowout happened. If someone was in the window, oh man, I mean, I'd imagine they'd have been severely injured if not sucked out of the airplane, I I guess. I I don't know. But, you know, that was lucky. Yeah, and it was a pretty full flight, so that was just dumb luck. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how, yeah, sometimes, you know, luck, luck is a good thing, but... Uh, the second thing is that they were just a few minutes after takeoff and the seatbelt sign was on. So imagine if, you know, if they were at that higher altitude or people weren't belted in, could have easily been sucked out, sent to their deaths. And people who were sitting there had their phones ripped out of their hands and sent to the pasture. So just remember, Dave, seatbelts save lives. Right. So here's what I don't understand. I know that airplane doors open inward, so the idea is that the pressure differential... Uh, keeps them from blowing open during the flight. Is that not the case here? Apparently not. <laughs> I mean, the, the the door's gone, so <laughs> so clearly, clearly that's not how that worked. Um, so as you know, we've started to learn about this. So the the plugs are held into place by four bolts, apparently two on the bottom and then two near the top on the sides. I think. And if at least one of those is loose, then apparently the door can, um, well, this is a technical term, but it can just go bye-bye. Very technical. So that seems like a design flaw. I I don't know about that, actually. Maybe there's a reason it's built that way, but, you know, this should work, and it has worked on plenty of other airplanes. But but this is where the fun part begins. They need to figure out what the heck happened here. (laughs) Like, how is this even possible? Fun for who? Uh, is the case here that the bolts were loose? All right, maybe not fun for everyone, but job security for the NTSB, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, were the bolts loose? I, I don't know. Maybe something broke them, or the door had a structural failure that caused it to crumple or something. I, I don't know. But to be fair, it does seem like loose bolts will prove to be an issue because 
United, which flies 79 of these airplanes, said on Monday that in its inspections it did find some loose bolts when it was looking over the weekend. So, so that's bad. <clears throat> Is that the only problem? So I, I don't know. Boeing and the FAA haven't said anything useful publicly. It, they're, they're just letting the airlines twist in the wind on this one, which it kind of sucks. But um, meanwhile, United has said that it's waiting for the FAA to sign off on the inspection process. So it's not clear how much has been said useful privately either. They're just kind of waiting. <laughs> um, we don't know what's holding it up either. We don't know what they don't know, meaning like it's all fresh. This just happened. So we really can't know this quickly, everything that's going on. I just wish they would tell us more. Like there are definitely some indicators of what may have happened, but there's still a lot of work to do. And once they can zero in on what the actual problem is, then they can make sure there's proper inspection and a fix in place. So then there's no risk of it happening again, but we're not there yet. And I don't know when we'll be there. And we don't, know anything from the faa or boeing so we i don't know and uh <clears throat> until uh you know then whenever then is yeah. uh these airplanes remain grounded yeah i assume so unless there's some commercial pressure and faa gives into it which would be pretty bad uh and i don't imagine after what happened with the max that that's gonna occur um but the good news is there is no airplane that's better at being grounded than the 737 MAX. Unfortunately for them, this does once again bring to the surface questions about Boeing's competence. There have been so many issues with poor design, poor quality control, poor supplier parts, and poor culture. Yes, it's so, all very, very poor. Yeah, exactly. It, more will come out on this in the coming days and weeks, but this airplane was two months old. It couldn't have been an issue with Alaska's maintenance because they probably never even touched the thing. Something either happened with the manufacturer, or the installation of the plug, or the bolts. We don't know. I mean, whatever it is, it's going to land on Boeing. Even if it's a problem with a supplier like Spirit Aerosystems, which makes the fuselage, or whoever makes the bolts, I don't know. But, you know, whatever it is, ultimately Boeing's name is on that airplane. And they're going to have, yet again, another bad year. Yep, but uh, the uh, the folks at Boeing PR and legal are, uh, are, are going to be very well employed. Yeah, again, job security. That's the name of the game here. Ugh, brutal. Thanks again to our sponsor, MedJet. You can learn more at medjet.com slash crankyflyer. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Cranky Talk, let us know. Email us at advertise at crankyflyer.com. And please remember to leave us a five-star rating. This helps others find our podcast. If you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, just tell us. Info at crankyconcierge.com. We're always listening.